0: Lots of um, lawyers now are career changers, as we're called. I like the word career juggler personally for myself. Given that, I think it needs to be seen as a positive because we actually know what it's like to work in the areas that we're operating in legally. um, and, And that's a benefit to the client as well.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sick, form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the student lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying and their experienced career service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study options are available so you can work and study at the same time. Click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla. I'm a trainee solicitor currently in my first seat and I'm going to be your host for today. In today's episode we are delighted to be joined by Thorin Govind. Thorin is a pharmacist And a lawyer. And in 2018, Thorin was named Young Pharmacist of the Year by Pharmacist Business Magazine. In 2021, Thorin was elected chair of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, which is the professional body for pharmacists, and she is the youngest ever member to be elected to the Royal Pharmaceutical Society's English Pharmacy Board. Thorin is regularly featured in the media discussing and promoting pharmacy. She's featured as a resident pharmacist at BBC Radio Lancashire, BBC Radio London, and she's also appeared on BBC Newsnight. Thorin was also nominated in 2018 by her MP for the NHS 70 Parliamentary Awards for her work advocating for pharmacy. So we're really excited to have Thorin on the show today to talk about um, her life as a pharmacist and lawyer. So without further ado, let's welcome Thorin onto the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Thorin.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited um, to talk to you more about uh, my career, but also uh, just generally, I think there's so much exciting work being done by lawyers and career changes and um, some entrepreneurial work as well. So that's great.
1: Definitely, I I completely agree. When I saw your profile, um, I just knew that I had to speak to you because I thought you know it's such an exciting um, merger of two different industries. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so I wondered if you could provide the listeners with an overview of your career history.
0: So I studied pharmacy at King's College London. Uh, pharmacy is a master's level degree. Um, And then you do a year of on-the-job training. So a bit like being a trainee solicitor for two years, but you do it for one year. um, And then you have a registration exam at the end. So that took me uh, to 2016 when I qualified as a pharmacist. And then in 2018, um, I started the GDL, which is the Graduate Diploma in Law. And I was doing that full time alongside carrying on working as a pharmacist. Um, and then I did my legal practice course for a year and then I started working in a law firm which is a national healthcare law firm and that's really taken me to where I am today and I've just been qualified just over a year at the moment.
1: Thank you for going through that and I wonder if I could sort of backtrack a little bit to what actually drew you to qualifying as a pharmacist in the first place.
0: I've always had an interest in healthcare. I have always thought pharmacists were really accessible on the high street, most people are a 20-minute walk away. So I didn't really want to get into the nitty-gritty of medicine to be honest and I've always I always wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, we're not second-rate doctors, we've got skills of our own and we help translate some of these complicated um, medicines to practical advice to help people stay well.
1: Yeah, and I yeah, I know that it's uh one of my best friends um is a pharmacist and we met at uni so I went so we were living together while she was going through the whole MPharm process I and mean, it's you know it's a long degree like you said it's a masters level degree and then you have to do your pre reg afterwards which is like a training contract um so it's definitely not something that you had to take lightly and I, I just wondered, when was it that you first thought about career um, law as a second career, and what was the motivation behind that decision to embark on another um, process, which is also quite lengthy as well.
0: I mean, strangely enough, once I'd done pharmacy, I'd, I'd had enough of studying to be honest. But before I had even got to Kings to study pharmacy, there was a part of me that had considered, with that UCAS application, and um, perhaps applying for one or two uh, law schools as well. So really, I think I started practicing as a pharmacist and I've always had this interest in the legal side of what we do, because even though it's a, it might look like a simple transaction to the public, even the fact of how we are able to provide medicines um, comes down to the law and there's some big acts which govern that. So I think it was my interest in that which made me think, oh, it would be good to start studying this. and. When I first started, I didn't even know how you became a solicitor, to be honest, didn't know how you uh, qualified. I just started my GDL, my graduate diploma in law, because I was interested. And it was only through the course of that that I actually understood the process of qualifying as a solicitor.
1: I think it's brilliant. And it just goes to show that the world is your oyster. You can, you know, develop your skill set in, in and branch off into in different areas. And I think that's fantastic. And so... How did you manage your time when studying the GDL and the LPC whilst also working as a pharmacist?
0: It was hard. Um, it, it was not easy. I think actually, when I was studying for my M farm, I was so stressed out by studying for it. But actually, because I was doing the law, studying the law, and I was interested in it, it was it made it easier. It didn't feel like work. And to be honest, I let go because I think when you're first studying for your first profession, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. But actually, I didn't need to study law. I wanted to study it. And I think that made it a lot easier in terms of timing as well. I'm quite good at planning. I always have a diary. I schedule things in. I still do that now. Um, And I think that's held me in really good stead to be able to do the, the variety of activities that I do in my week, really.
1: I really like that what you said about not actually needing to do it but wanting to do it I think it just goes to show if you follow yeah what you want to do and it doesn't necessarily feel like a chore or something that you have to you know like a like homework that you have to sort of schedule in if you're yeah if you're passionate about doing it then then yeah I think I think that's such a great point um so I mean Bringing it back to my experience, I worked full time and studied the LPC part time. So I know that there can be early mornings and late nights, which you do need motivation to get through. So was there anything that kept you motivated to keep going uh, through the late nights and the early mornings?
0: I mean, I self-funded my LPC and my GDL. So I think that was definitely a motivator to not have to do any resets to also know that if I had to spend more time that would actually eat into some of my earning potential as a pharmacist as well so I had to be quite um, measured and considered and think why am I doing this I'm quite I can motivate myself quite easily to be honest I've always got a to-do list on the go I don't need external validation to to get going I Always think, what is my purpose, and how am I going to achieve this? So it, it wasn't really a big challenge to motivate myself. It it was difficult at times when you're studying difficult topics, but I remember some of the essays we had to do. I really enjoyed them, so it wasn't actually a chore.
1: That's, yeah, that's really refreshing to hear. I think, um, and and then when when you came to applying for trading contracts after you finished. Um, was it after the GDL that you uh, applied for training contracts?
0: So I applied for one or two during the GDL, but nothing serious. And to be honest, I was just getting going, to be honest, with my understanding of the law and even understanding of qualification. It was only when I did my LPC and through the University of Law, I had accessed the mentoring scheme um, and I met my current Um, boss via that mentoring scheme so I think you've got to make the most of opportunities that are available through university and also make the most of opportunities outside of university university is not going to give you everything um, that you need to know you need to get out there network meet people go to young professional events and try and meet people who are also going to motivate you because you can see how well they're doing and that will also encourage you
1: that's, yeah, that's such great advice. Um, like you said, things aren't just going to come to you. You really have to put yourself out there. Um, so when you, when you came to applying for training contracts, you said that you met your current boss um, through the university. And I just wondered, did, did you just then apply to one firm or did you apply to lots of firms? How did you find the, the whole application process?
0: I applied to a few firms and as you will know it's it's really difficult getting a training contract. I'm not sure what the stats are. I think it was is it 1 in 6 or similar.
1: I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't.
0: But it's it's difficult. and I think you've got to be resilient and know that you're going to get rejections. I got rejections. Um I didn't apply for lots and lots of training contracts to be honest. I was quite tailored um to who I applied with. And I also had a plan for if I didn't get a training contract in 2019. So I think you've got to make sure that you've got all the options and plans um, at your disposal. If things don't always work out, you go in with a positive intention, but have that backup plan as well.
1: Uh, just another question that I have, actually, um, as someone who also came from a previous career, I have some, some uh, students and aspiring solicitors ask me questions about you know if, if they also are maybe changing career, they're concerned that they'll get sort of grilled during the interview process as to why they now want to switch to law and um if you know if they're really sure about it. And I never had that experience you know it was always always seen as a positive my my previous career um and i just wondered whether you had the same experience when you were changing from you know well I, well when you were changing from pharmacy as a main career to law um as well i wondered if you had any sort of questioning from interviewers about
0: i was advised to minimize my career as a pharmacist um by some i would say my current firm were a national healthcare law firm so we we want uh, people to know about healthcare. We want people, we've got other people with backgrounds here who have worked in practice as well, dentists, doctors. So it's appreciated. And given that lots of um, lawyers now are career changers, as we're called. I like the word career juggler personally for myself. Um, given Given that, I think it needs to be seen as a positive because we actually know what it's like to work in the areas that we're operating in legally. Um, And and that's a benefit to the client as well.
1: Absolutely. I I completely agree. Uh, You have such a unique perspective and viewpoint that not a lot of other people will have. So that has to be seen as, as a huge positive, I'm sure. Um, and so I suppose we've sort of touched on it, but my next question is how has your pharmacy background helped you in your legal well, career?
0: Well, for example, recently there was um, a record of inquest about pharmacists, um, pharmacies online and the access that they have to patient information records. Now, that wasn't an inquest I was involved with, but I can understand how that inquest followed through and understand the legal points around it. I have Spoken at pharmacy conferences about pharmacists becoming partners in GP practices. I have um, represented pharmacists with regulatory proceedings, for example, and also in coroner's court. So, really, my experience of being a pharmacist means I understand the pressures that healthcare professionals are under, and and I'm able to represent them and understand what some of the pressures are in their day to day job. It can help me when I'm looking at medical um, notes, because that's what we have to do quite a large part of our job, uh, understand what's going on there. So it doesn't quite feel so foreign to me when I open up um, bundles of records, for example.
1: Yeah, I I can imagine that you're seeing very similar documents, but you're just sort of looking at them through a different lens, perhaps. Um, And are there any challenges that you've faced in your career, and if so, how have you overcome them?
0: Well, I was the youngest elected um, board member at the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, which is the professional body for pharmacists. And I think people sometimes think due to your age, they try and dismiss you. But actually, personally, I'm really motivated. I go out and speak to people. I find out the answers to things. I find different, um, different points of view to my own. I don't think that age should um, mean that you're dismissed from what you do. I also think that there's a lot to be said um, for uh, I am a resilient person, I will bounce back um and I'll keep going. And that can be a challenge at times. Um, but I also believe that in a sort of higher purpose, we if you go out into the world and you try and make the world a better place, um, then you'll be supported to do that. So I think that that's really it's my values and beliefs that have kept me going in this sort of face of any challenges.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And how has the use of social media and the press um like I explained in the introduction you've done a lot of work with um, the media. Um how how has that helped you in your career and what advice would you give to young professionals about building their own personal brands online?
0: So going on the BBC or or having an interview at short notice that to me means that going to court public speaking isn't isn't a challenge for me i in fact i relish it i enjoy it um our clients sometimes need support with media handling if you've got you know a big law case and the media are interested then i can obviously bring that that understanding from this decade plus of experience that i have to uh, to the client and support them it's really given me the ability it's given me a lot of confidence because i Still do. I contact journalists in my own time um, and speak to them and let them know what the issues are for healthcare and pharmacy. And they contact me um, and ask me for advice and comments. So it's really about networking. Um I think in this day and age, it's really important to have a visibility online. Um and it's not showing off. It's just to me, it's documenting my journey. That's the reason that I do it. Um and bringing people along with me on the way. So I've met so many amazing people. Um, I've had jobs via Twitter. I've had um, people contact me about law work on LinkedIn. They're looking for representation. So it's really a a big mix of opportunities online. Um, And to me, I always go on there with positivity. I try and think, how can I make someone's day better? And that's how I approach social media.
1: Fantastic advice again honestly I think you that you've really just shown how you kind of set yourself goals or things that you want to do and then you go out and get them so proactively and I think that's such a great message to share with the listeners um and very inspiring so thank you very much and before we, we let you go um where can the listeners connect with you and follow your journey?
0: So you can find me on LinkedIn um at um which is foreign govind. You can find me on Twitter um, at Farm Foreign and you can find me on Instagram and that's Law Farm. Um, I love talking to new people. So, yeah, always happy uh, to speak to people and um, I look forward to connecting with you.
1: Wonderful. I'm going to leave the details uh, to your handles in the show notes so people could find them Um, but yeah thank you so much for coming on the show today Thorin it's been a pleasure speaking to you um, and finding out all about your career history so thanks thank you and thank you to all of the listeners um, for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one goodbye to hear more of the student lawyers podcast hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.